no one had any reason to trust us whatsoever, especially when you're a new brand. Just reducing the risk for the customers as much as possible. To this day, our return rate in 2018 was 2%. Our return rate in 2019 was less than half a percent. Let's get it on. What's up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy, Mr. Microwave, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Welcome to the number one podcast for entrepreneurs. This month, April, is Small Business Month. Every single episode will feature how to start or grow your business. I want you guys to make some shit happen this month. In today's episode, I talked to Tom of stbelford.com. That's stbelford.com. He's a recovering entrepreneur who tried a bunch of startups until he got one to work. I actually met Tom because he emailed me saying he's been listening to the show and he implemented things from this podcast and it helped him earn $150,000 in revenue in 2018. Hot damn. So I want to learn what the hell he did so I could share it with you. Tom used to be one of the people that worked at an Apple store. Yes, he has lots of tattoos. No, I'm playing. But Tom went from being in an Apple store to now running his own business. And so I want to share exactly what he's been able to do with you. In this conversation, you'll learn three huge things. Number one, how the hell did Tom use influencer marketing to grow his business? And by the way, it wasn't with using major influencers. Number two, how do you expand past the 100 customer mark? I think that is one of the most common questions I hear from people asking me, how do I grow my business? And so we share how Tom did it. And number three, a super effective onboarding strategy for what do you do with your email list to turn your customers into VIPs? You're going to learn those three things and a bunch more. Enjoy. Quick plug, to celebrate Small Business Month, I'm doing a huge giveaway for April. I want to challenge you, yes you, you beautiful listener, to start or grow your business this month at okdork.com win. If you're on your phone, if you're bicycling, if you're on your Peloton, if you're using your microwave, whatever it is you're doing, go to okdork.com win. Every single person who enters and does stuff to grow your business will get $1. No joke. And I'm going to pick five people for an even bigger prize. What you're going to get is a plane ticket to Austin, paid for, put up in a moderately affordable hotel. Come on, I'm paying out of my own pocket. You're going to get 1000 bucks cash to spend on your business. Number four, you're going to get $250 of AppSumo.com credit so you can buy awesome tools to help accelerate your business. Number five, you're going to have a lunch with my favorite copywriter in the world, Neville Medora of copywritingcourse.com. That's with two Ks. Number six, you're going to meet other entrepreneurs to have accountability and make sure your shit happens this year. And number seven, we're going to do a private half-day group workshop where we talk about your most pressing business problems. And I'm doing this because I want everyone out there to have the life and business that they want. So if you want to start your business, this is your time. If you want to grow your business, this is your time. Go enter at okdork.com slash win. As usual, a special pre-show shout out to listener Firesnake Gemini of Canada. He left a review that said, it's like bro science for marketing. Oh, yeah. What a great compliment. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. If you want a shout out in one of my future episodes, leave a review on iTunes and I will call you out. Enjoy. What were you doing before? And then what advice did you take and what exactly did you do? And then, and then where you're at now? So it started 2018. And that's when we launched our first products. I was working at Apple as a technician. My girlfriend was working full time in a marketing agency. And we were just both working full-time jobs that we didn't like, really. We both had side businesses and they weren't working. She was looking for a physical planner to kind of map out some goals and she couldn't really find anything that she liked. I remember her saying to me, she was like, oh, I should just create my own. And she's like, it clicked. I was like, hey, we should just try that out, you know. Both the side things we were doing at the time just weren't working. So we're like, you know what, let's do it. Just take a leap and do it. So I love when people tell stories like, yeah, I was poor and now I'm super rich and it's just like magic. And I'm just like, okay, well, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What are some of the side projects that did not work? 
Okay, so I set up a online store selling music samples for EDM producers because I was making music at the time. I got zero sales from that. Alex set up her own blog and she was writing these awesome blog pieces and just getting no traffic at all. I don't know, maybe my passion wasn't music. So when we came together with our idea, this was something we were really passionate about. And I think that's why it took off. So do you think it really is passion is the difference? Or is it you got passionate because it was making money right away? Mm, when we launched our planner, it was actually a good product. So my EDM samples sucked. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but they weren't good at all. Alex's blog was good, I guess, but there's a lot of good blogs out there as well. How did you think about how you're differentiating your planner versus all these other ones? So we couldn't find what she wanted, which was a planner focused on self-care and focused on health, fitness, mindfulness, all of that together. There's a gap in the market here. We can't find what she's after. So we kind of just back and forth for a month or so about different features, different apps that use cool features and how we can incorporate that into a physical planner. One of her friends is a designer. We just used our friends for everything, but we just tried to spend as little money as possible. We found a supplier. We got them printed up. You hadn't sold any at that point, had you? No, we had sold zero. So we invested all of our savings, which was $15,000 into this project. How did you have the balls to do that? Because for me, I'm not that risky. I would not put my whole life savings into a diary. Yeah, looking back, it kind of seems dumb, hey? (laughs) But no, I mean, like, we went into the mindset of like, even if we lose all our money, hopefully we would have gained a heap of knowledge and a heap of experience, and at least we wouldn't be in debt. What was the time frame from like idea to you had the product? Okay, so idea was February. We had the idea. We had the designs ready by August and we had it in our hands by October. So it took like 10 months, give or take? Yeah, about that. About 10 months. Okay. All right. So you finally got the books. And then how did you actually start selling them? How did you start making that money back? One tactic we used was I just made a list of all these influences in the wellness industry in Australia but I didn't want to hit up the ones with like a million followers because I knew they'd never get back to us. So we basically hit up the ones with 5,000 and 10,000 followers. We gave them basically a no obligations pitch. We didn't mention anything about sharing it. We just said, if you'd like to check it out, just give us our address and we'll send you one. So we essentially sent at least over 100 free ones out initially. And that kind of started the ball rolling, as well as all of our family and friends hitting up all of our available network. Well, you did giveaways. You use kingsumo.com and then you use sumo.com for your email marketing and collecting emails, your network, which I think is probably the number one thing most people don't do. And then the third thing you said is niche sponsorships, which is reaching out to smaller influencers, giving them discount codes or products and tell them to use in their holiday guides. I wonder, because you put all this money in and you made a planner for yourself, you're like, fuck, we got to sell this thing. That's it. Yeah, we didn't have a choice. We had to sell it. I think one of the reasons why it worked out was because the product was pretty good. And a lot of people loved it, which was great. I guess what separates the people who are making it from the ones who are not? Is it the persistence? Is that the secret that people don't want to say? It's like, you really just have to put in the work, but that never sounds that good on a podcast. Yeah. And it's not sexy, is it? It's like, do the work and it will happen. Do the work, make a good product, follow people that have done it before, take in all that information, take action on that information. A lot of people have amazing ideas, but an idea is worth nothing if you don't take action on it. The first 10, 100 customers, 10 to 100 is relatively easy. It's your network. How have you gone beyond that? Walk me through the specifics of how did you get past the 100? All right, cool. So what we really tried to do in the beginning was find areas where we could create an advantage over the competition. Okay, so one area I found was with returns. So we realized none of the competition out there had any type of return policy whatsoever. Absolutely none. 
So if you purchased a planner from one of these companies, if you purchased a diary and you didn't like it, you couldn't return it. You were just stuck with it. So Alex and I thought maybe we could make a cool return policy and that way it would alleviate a bit of the risk for new customers coming in. So that was one. We have a really good return policy now. You can use it for 60 days and we'll pay for the return shipping for you. Damn. You weren't worried about that? Dude, I was terrified about that. Absolutely terrified because I didn't know if anyone would like the product for starters. And, you know, I'd read time and time again in like 4-Hour Workweek and all these other business books that the better your return policy, the less returns you have. And I was like, is it true? But, you know, I trusted it. And to this day, our return rate in 2018 was 2%. Our return rate in 2019 was less than half a percent. I've actually never heard that. So the better your return policy is, the lower your returns are. I mean, it works well for us. I'd be happy to go up to 120 days if necessary, but I think 60 is good. Just reducing the risk for the customers as much as possible, like especially when you're a new brand, because no one had any reason to trust us whatsoever. How did you reach new people? The return policy is for people who find you. So how did you expand after that? Yeah, I guess main pillars are Instagram and email. So Instagram to get people onto our website, obviously email to keep them, capture them. So Instagram, we just tested so many different ads. And we ended up getting a really, really good return on those ads. For me, I I would hear you say that and I'd be like, all right, I posted a photo of my dog with the dog shirts or whatever I'm trying to create. (laughs) Um, How did you actually get people to pay attention? You've really got to educate your customer about who you are, what you're selling and really nurture them. So with Instagram, Alex, my partner, she is basically the face of our brand. So she's always posting stories every day. You know, she's the good looking one. Everyone wants to look at her. And so she'll explain features of the products. She'll go through and do Q&As. Have you ever used the Instagram ask a question feature? No. Dude, that thing is awesome. Heaps of our customers will reply back to us and then we'll post their replies and they get seen. So they love that as well. We also post cool stuff like We'll film a time lapse of us like packing orders on our table and just doing cool stuff like that, as well as having professional photos every other day on our feed. For me, if I had a diary business, how many photos of the diary can you post? (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're all pretty similar. But people probably get inspiration from it, right? Like I see you posting things like it. Yeah, absolutely. Alex goes out of her way to write meaningful content. We plan in advance. We try and write awesome quotes for them. But it's really the stories that have worked really well for us. Instagram stories features is amazing. So I'd highly recommend everyone just to put your face out there if you're a new business. And people love seeing the founders of business talk about their business and seeing behind the scenes stuff. So I like the idea with the Instagram stories. So it sounds like it's consistency with Instagram, posting frequently, putting things that people find valuable. You said the other things were good, but there was nothing to stand out. And I think with this one, there's two key things, which is one, it's unique. And two, you actually genuinely believe it's very helpful for people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's looking at your target audience as well, because 95% of our followers are females, 95% of our customers are females. So having a female there makes sense. And if you're posting stories every day, they start to associate you as a friend as well. So they'll see you every day. They'll come back. It's like, oh, I wonder what Alex is doing today. So that's worked really well for us. And then you said the second thing, did you give them for free or did you give discounts out to micro influencers? Like, hey, I'm giving this for free, but really I need you to do this. Or you just legit are like, yo, I'm going to hook you up. It's legit. I'm going to hook you up. And maybe 50% my post, maybe it was less, but we just see it as a marketing expense at the end of the day. Because of their micro-influencers, a lot of them haven't received free stuff before. A lot of them reached out to us and said, oh, cool. This is the first time I've ever received something like this. So it was really cool. Everyone's like, oh, I need to get the biggest, but get the smallest with the most loyal following. 
Yeah, absolutely. It works so well because you can start on those small people. And then once you've got them, you can kind of work up to, okay, let's target some people with 15, 20, 30,000 followers. And you can kind of go up from there rather than targeting the top of the chain at the start, which it will never work unless you get really lucky. Eventually, they'll be like, you'll probably see them using your journal and it makes sense for them to do something together. Yeah, we do giveaways for our email list as well. So to get people on our email lists, our pop-up says, hey, we're giving away a free copy of our planner every single month. And we do it every single month. And that has grown our email list huge. I think we have 15 to 18% conversion rates on our email list, which is really, really cool. So that's worked really well. In terms of your email marketing, so sumo.com, like that plug, you see, I just did it right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you email? I think what I'm noticing is it's built AppSumo for us. And it's something that I fully believe is one of the best ways to communicate with your customers. What do you actually communicate? How often do you send them? Do you send like every week an email to go buy stuff? Do you just send tips? Do you just send customer stories? How do you think about that? Okay, this is what we do. So first of all, we call our email list a VIP list. Oh, I like that. Much more enticing than sign up to our newsletter. So as soon as the customer signs up to our VIP list, they automatically get 10% off anything on our store. And they, as I mentioned earlier, go into the draw to win one of our planners. Then they get emailed a couple of days later, our free ebook, which is 150 self-care ideas. It took us two months to put together. It's loaded full of information. It's a really cool ebook. And then a couple of days after that, they'll get our top blog posts. And that brings them back to the website, which works really well as well. And then a couple of days after that, they'll get another email, which is an FAQ about our products with a call to action to buy. And they'll get that email if they haven't purchased already. And that's kind of the onboarding campaign, the what do you call a drip feed campaign, I guess. I love it. What's your plan for 2019? Okay, so we're taking a few months off to go to Southeast Asia. We're going to be working from Ho Chi Minh City. We're going to be working from Chiang Mai and Bali. We're going to go to China to meet with some suppliers. And then we're going to get our 2020 journals printed up. And so we'll come back to Australia in August. And yeah, we'll start shipping the 2020 versions in September. Do you have a goal for 2019? Like, hey, we want to sell $500,000 worth or anything like that? It's funny. Our initial goal was just to quit our jobs and do something that we loved, which we've done already, which we're so stoked about. So as well as having a revenue goal for this upcoming year, we... It's going to be great to see our customers be able to plan a life that they really want to live and put themselves at the top of their to-do list. That's really cool for us. What do you say to the other person who's working at Apple? What would you tell yourself? I'd say start slow. That's what really worked for us. We, we started small, started slow, and built our way up. We didn't have this big goal of wanting to quit our jobs in three months. I literally just quit my last job two months ago. So it took us two years to get to this point. So start slow, take action every day, do something which you can build every single day. And it's great. We're loving it. How's the relationship since you guys have been working together about this stuff? Oh, man, it's been a challenge. Oh, really? I thought you were gonna be like, we love each other so much now. Oh, dude, we love each other. But the first 12 months were the hardest because, you know, we'd been partners for three years before we started the business. So we got that part down and then we started a business. It's like, oh, we had to learn how to be business partners as well. So it was a bit challenging at the start. We really had to define what our roles were. It took us probably 18 months to do that. So we've really got our roles down now, which is good. Alex works on the design, the vision of the brand, Instagram and content. That's basically her roles. And I work on more like the tech, finance, growth. And then we both kind of handle marketing and customer service together. I like your suggestion, which is find something that you're interested in, but also just be patient with it. You know, I remember AppSumo when I started a while ago, 
I made, I think I made for myself the first year $20,000 or $40,000. And that was after I quit my job that was making like 100000 So I was like, oh, this is not as good money. But anyways, I was enjoying doing it and I got to live the life I wanted. So it was great. That's it, man. It's not about the money. I mean, we created St. Belford to help ourselves, help other people. And we've got enough money to live now, which we're so stoked about. And we've got enough money to live overseas for a little bit. What made you actually email me? That was one thing I think is kind of interesting. In terms of a marketing technique, if you think about it, you emailed me to say, hey, thanks for your advice. And now I'm subsequently promoting you because I just thought it was cool that you said what's up. Yeah. So I emailed you a year ago saying, hey, man, in our first year of business, we took your advice. We did one, two, three, and we made $30,000. And then I emailed you again two weeks ago in our second year of business saying, hey, man, we made $150,000 this year. Thank you. Why even do that? Because I think you said in one of your podcasts that no one ever hits you up and tells you about the success. I'm pretty sure that's why. But again, it was not like I was going to go email Tim Ferriss because you know he has a million followers and whatever. I'd never hear anything back. So again, it's just one of those things that's emailing people who you've probably got a better chance of hearing back from. Again, it was no obligations email. I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. I like that. And one day I'm going to be so big, I'm going to stop replying to your fucking emails, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate reaching out. I wish you guys all the best at stbelford.com. That's us, St. Belford. Thanks, Noah. All right, brother. Be easy. Thanks, man. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you liked the episode. If you did, go check out Tom's products at St. Belford. That's B-E-L-F-O-R-D.com. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's have a slumber party together and do journaling. Before you go, let me know what you thought of the episode by leaving a comment at okdork.com slash 50 or by tweeting me at Noah Kagan. And don't forget to go to okdork.com slash win to enter the April Small Business Month giveaway. You could win an all-expense paid trip to Austin and get business tips from me and my favorite business homies. Final special thanks to Jason at podcasttech.com as always, for making these podcasts sound so squeaky, squeaky clean in your eardrums. And thanks to David Kelly for being the glue in my life on Dork, Sumo, and everything, and all the magic that we get to put out in the world. What's your favorite brand of water? <laughs> <laughs>